welcome to the Copcast podcast for Copleft. Tonight we're going to be looking back at another somewhat frustrating performance and result from the Reds on Sunday. We're going to chat about the issues that have arisen from that game and we're going to have a little preview of the Middlesbrough game or at least a little look forward to it. Uh, joining me to discuss all these things are stellar panel. Uh, I've got Umara Naz. How you doing, Umara? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, you? Yeah, yeah, fair to middling, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, alongside Umara is David Dunning. How you doing, Dave? Yeah, good. Thanks, Neil, actually. To be fair, I've, uh, I've come around a bit in the last 24 hours for one reason or another. Nice, nice. So you're more chipper than the rest of us, I'd say. And uh, making up our triumvirate is uh, Neil Devlin. How you doing, Neil? Well, just making up the numbers. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I didn't mean it like that, but but hey ho. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're going to get straight into it. Obviously, the game is is the thing on everyone's mind at the moment. Two two, two points drop. Probably you would say again we've been in a, a winning position and we've we've kind of well contrived to concede goals and, and lose points. Having said that, it wasn't a bad performance. And when you watch it back, there were certainly some, some bright points. But if you look at one point from the last six, we'd have wanted six from those, wouldn't we, Neil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Short answer. Fuck, I don't, I don't know how we keep doing it to ourselves. It's Groundhog Day, isn't it? We thought we'd turned... Yeah. We thought we'd turned... <laughs> we've changed. We beat Palace. We beat West Brom. We're like, oh, this is rosy. Look at this! Look at look at this run we have all the way to to New Year. Sure, we'll, we'll never lose points. And now look at us! Fuck's sake! I know, serves us right. Yeah, it's this is this is why I said I didn't think we were going to win the league. It wasn't being miserable or it wasn't being negative. It was, to me, it was a bit of realism. I just thought I don't think that we can't do it because I think that we'll lose points like this. And I don't like to say, "Oh, I told you so." I'd love to be wrong, but. Yeah, we've. But what's worse is we we play well in ten fifteen minute spurts. We play amazing football, but then we just switch off. Like the between Lalana's scoring and West Ham scoring their two goals, I can't even tell you what happened in that time. It was like a twelve what, twenty minutes thirty minute period, and that's it. I don't even know what happened there. We were poor. I mean, we started really well. We got the goal, and then we just we just dropped off. And between about the tenth. Well, the twelfth minute and the thirtieth minute, we were we were nowhere really, were we? How did you feel about it, Dave? I mean, obviously it's a, it's a bit disappointing. What are your feelings now, sort of a, a day after? Oh, it's uh, see to be honest, I'm the 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 fucking madness that went on on my timeline and between people phoning me and texting me and that infuriated me far more than the match did. So it kind of gave me something else to focus on. Um, but the match itself, yeah, it, I, yeah, Neil's right. Um, I think we, we played well in 10, 10, maybe 15 minutes spells. Like we came out and we started really, really well. And I thought, fuck, this is, this is us back now. There's the difference that Alana makes when he comes into the team. That was, these are all these things that I was thinking in, inside like five minutes. Um, and then we scored the goal and it's like, yeah, this is going to be, you know, we'll get the we'll get the next one soon, and then you know it'll probably finish like four, five, one, maybe, and then the the free kick. And do you give a free kick away there? I think the lamb is a bit daft. It's a bit too eager to win the ball. He's trying to kick through the player when he just needs to make him go backwards. Um, and then you've you've left probably the best set piece specialist in the Premier League with. An opportunity 22, 23 yards out right in the middle of the goal. So you're asking for trouble. I don't really want to get into the the following event. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, anyway. You yes, you so, do. Not, not at this current juncture because I feel it could spark something that we might not recover from as a group. Are you sure so, you don't want to offer your opinion? <laughs> no, I don't. Not, not just yet. And we'll He's also, just whooping up. <laughs> so yeah and then the second goal right I, I really want your opinion on this because Maddox was taking quite a bit of quite a bit of flack for the second goal but I think he's really unlucky 
I think. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think yeah, he had I it do. covered up until it hit Henderson. And then he was I, just wrong footed. Yeah, yeah I back think, in. He's like got six foot legs and he couldn't get himself back into position. I think yeah, he looked a bit like a giraffe there, didn't he? <laughs> a bit Sacco esque. Yeah. I, I think he takes a step forward to, to win the ball as it's yep. traveling to him. And it does. It hits Henderson or something and it just spins up in the air over the top of him. He's flat booted. To be fair, I don't even know who scored. Whoever it was, he took a good touch. Antonio. Was it Antonio? Yeah, He's a he right fucking back. loves to score against us. Didn't he? He scored against us last time as well. Yeah, yeah. I think he scored against us in every and game. And this was his first match back after injury or something. Yeah, him and Cresswell had both been out, and they that's why they were so dire against Arsenal on the week before. And, of course, they, they were both fighting fit to come back in against us, but sure. Yeah, I think Winston Reid's not fit for a couple of those previous games too, and then he comes back in as well, and he makes a big difference. Um, but he got banned, didn't he? He was, Maybe. He got a red card, didn't he, against Arsenal or something? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So... Sent off in the last minute or something. Yeah. Stupid. Spurs, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, Spurs. Yeah. So, so, no, I agree with you, Dave. I mean, I think he's, he's totally wrong-footed there. And, you know, if that if that's a shot from the edge of the box and that spins over the keeper, nobody's blaming the keeper. Ah, oh, totally, totally. Uh, it's, it's, it's unfair to blame him, I think. Um Again, we could, we could probably talk about the goalkeeper. I think he gets caught in two minds of what he's going to do. Um, but yeah, you know. yeah, I think that's fair. But I think he's also, you know, um, wrong-footed by the deflection. Like it's just that just sort of takes everybody out of the game. And that split second of hesitation, and Antonio's in, and it's, yeah, you know, do you know what? It's freakish. But the problem is, see, when I see us lose or drop points, it always seems to be something freakish, and it can't. <laughs> yeah. It can't just be freakish all the time. There's a common denominator there, and it's we're walking us. around under a fucking cloud with lightning coming down the same place. Yeah. All awesome. the time. <laughs> no, I don't know whether to walk in the team into the into the stadium under fucking half a dozen ladders or something, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's they all carry one magpie with them. Like <laughs> black cat, I was gonna say. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And then at the other end of the pitch. You know, we think we missed Firmino through the middle. I think that's yeah, yeah, think yeah. That's key here. I really do. Origi, four and four, brilliant. What else has he done? What else did he contribute in the game? I don't. I'm finding it really, really hard to pinpoint. He did the the flick what, for the Lana goal. It was kind of pivotal. <laughs> not not to break your stride there. <laughs> no, no. I, but I, I see what you mean with Origi because he. He's shown in flashes what he can do, and after he scores yesterday, he's brilliant for 15 minutes. You know, he, he's pretty much unplayable for, for the next 10 or 15 minutes, and that's actually probably our strongest spell in the game, kind of between about 50 and 65. I thought that, Neil, that between like 35 and 55 yeah. minutes, yeah. West Ham didn't complete a pass in our half. Really? Yeah. Now, oh, again, no. that's nuts. And that just shows how well we were in, how totally in control we were of the game. But as Neil said earlier on, that we can't seem to sustain that for, for 20, 30 minutes and score two, three goals like we were doing earlier in the season. And I think there's a little bit of a breakdown at that end of the pitch because we're having to fiddle around with the front three, not just Coutinho missing, but, but ousting Firmino from playing through the centre as well. So Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think on that as well, um, Dave, Dave mentions rightly, you know, we're controlling the game there and, you know, we weren't great between, what, what did I say earlier, about 12 and 30 minutes, whatever, when they score their, their two goals, we've dropped off and they are, they're getting a foothold in the game. But to be fair to us, they're not threatening. They're not going to score unless they get that set piece and, and they do get that set piece. So what, what's the solution here, Ums? How are we, how are we going to cut these kind of errors out? I mean, Dave, Mentioned earlier, I don't know how far you want to go in on carries, but how do you see that uh, that goal and, and how it all went? Oh, the the free kick. Oh, mm. um, God, it's been scrutinised to death, isn't it? Um, he could have been positioned a bit better. I mean, you know, if you look at it, he's leaving a bit of space on that right hand side of his, and he gets a good hand to that to that um, ball as well. And if he'd have probably been a step or two in the middle, he might have even saved it. I mean, there was talk about the wall not doing their job. Fair enough. 
they, they didn't jump high enough or, or the or the West Ham player moved them out of the way and created a nice little gap for Pye to get into. But, you know, I do think, I think uh, you could argue that the goalkeeper should have been positioned a bit better and, you know, we'll probably go into it a little bit more later. And with the second goal as well, as you guys have just mentioned, he was quite hesitant. I think he'd have, if he'd have just sort of run up to, is it Antonio who scored? Yeah. It might have put him off a little bit. You know, we don't know, but it, he did look like he was in two minds there as well. And I think that's where all the, all the, the criticism is stemming from. And, you know, I don't know if we want to go into Carrius later or should we just go for it? Yeah, no, go for it. Go, go. Because, I mean, for, you know, for, for my money, listen, for my money, Carrius has looked nervous since he, yeah. since he's joined us. He has. Having said that, he hasn't, he's made one or two mistakes. It's been 12 games and there are people that, that want to, you know, write him off already. Personally, I'm not on that boat. I'm not going to say to you now that he's going to, he's going to turn it all around, but I've seen, Enough of him in Germany to know that he that he certainly has quality. But, to be honest, regardless of those those errors in that game and mm-hmm. uh, any other issues that there were, we still should have won that game quite comfortably. I think yeah, we had yeah. so many chances to to put it to bed after that. And when we did get that second goal and the equaliser in the second half, pretty quickly, I think I remember we then had the opportunity, and I felt like we would go on and win it. And we had we had. In a, as we mentioned in the pre-pod, we had uh, Wijnaldum just going wide, Klein hit over the bar, Firmino's header, Matty hit the bar, Origi had a shot blocked, and you know Hendo's shot. We forget that world-class save yeah, that the, the guy save. made. I mean, I, that was in the top corner, and I don't know how the hell he saved that. So that, that we had plenty of opportunities yeah. to win that, and maybe we would have maybe the the criticism of Caris would have been slightly less if we hadn't have because uh, yeah. yeah. we've dropped points. I suppose you could you could argue. It's all opinions, and we've had the, our WhatsApp group blew up last night, didn't it? It was <laughs> a 24-hour-long beef going on about carriers. Yeah, and we're we're generally quite a quite a you know friendly bunch, like so. It, it was, oh, I think it what, was all friendly. What happened? I went to bed. I didn't see any of that. <laughs> yeah, Neil had nothing to do with it. Bless him. <laughs> with carriers, I I mean to be honest with you, I I'm of the opinion that he shouldn't. He I mean he should he should be given time. He does make me nervous and we have dropped some points arguably with, you know, in, if you look at the Bournemouth game as well, you know, we could argue that he should have done a little bit better there as well. So maybe we have dropped points for him and, you know, he's been criticized and we, it's been in the, it's been all over Sky Sports as well. The little spat that he's had with, um, Jamie Carragher and, well, not really Jamie Carragher, but it was more Gary Neville that he had a pop yeah. out in the interview that he gave. And I don't have an issue with Carriers. I don't think he should be dropped. I think Klopp's in a bit of an impossible situation here because this is the guy that he brought in to replace Mignolet, who had been poor. We know he'd been poor. We don't have to go through the whole thing again. We were um, desperate. Let's, let's yeah. just reiterate that. And this, by is, the this way. was Klopp's guy. This is who he wanted. He yeah. got him. Klopp won't drop him now. So if anyone's thinking that Mignolet is going to come in uh, and, you know, Klopp's going to suddenly change his mind. Klopp's going to look like a real tit if he does now. So he's yeah, not going to do that. That's not happening. That's not going to happen. Having said that, he might bring Mignolet in for Middlesbrough just for rotation's sake and everyone's going to have a meltdown on Wednesday. But um, <laughs> the, the only thing I had an issue with was that he shouldn't have said what he said in the interview. I think I'm of the opinion that players should keep, you know, their head down and just get on with you know, giving their answers on the pitch. I just thought the interview yeah. was a little bit ill-timed. Had I been his agent or his advisor or something, I would have said, you know what, let's postpone it for a few weeks. Nobody would have been any of none the wiser. Nobody would have known. And what's happened is that Kara and Gary Neville said what they said. That's what they do. They do it to everyone. He's not the first player to be criticised. He won't be the last. And then he comes in and says this, and then it all starts a little bit of a little spat on social media. Um. And today, Klopp's given a little bit of an answer in, in his press conference, which personally I'm not a massive fan of. I just think it's now gone onto another level and it's turning into a bit of a back and forth and a back and forth. Whereas I think that if Carrius had just not said anything, this would have been forgotten. And that's my only issue with it all. I think that he should be given the time to, to sort of settle down. It, he does look nervous, but you know what is like, um, David said earlier it's only been 12 games yeah. it seems like it's been a lot longer and he hasn't really dropped us points the last two games yep there've been errors and, and, and there've been issues but before that we had a 15 game unbeaten run and I think that 15 game unbeaten run had given us a little bit of hope 
maybe of overachievement. We thought mm. that we could do anything and now suddenly we've had these bad results. It's just the end of the world. And it's ridiculous, really, the yeah. overreaction uh, after last week and yesterday as well, even. So, um, yeah. yeah, that that was my only concern with the whole thing. I just think this social media and, and spat they're having on and back and forth, I just don't... I think if it had been, for example, Jose Mourinho and a Man United player, we'd be on their case. But because it's our player, we're OK with it. And we're like, we should back him. That's fine. That's brilliant. We should. But I just don't think players should get involved in talking like that yeah i just think i i agree with you in, in the sense i think that if you're making a comment about it then it's clearly got getting to you you know what yeah. i mean and, and I, I mean I think, I think that's really the issue he has he has it seems allowed it to get to him a, a little and you think well, maybe it's affected the journalist him. who did the interview came out and said that he he was very respectful and he only said it when i asked him a question he only answered fair enough but the way that it was worded or the way that it said it did sound like a dig and yeah, but probably, of whether you're a liverpool fan or not yeah. you should but be able pro- to say call it how it is it sounded like a dig to me when i first read it um but i don't so, i don't I, I don't mind him having a dig yeah. per se but it, it's the fact that it, it it's gotten to him you know yeah. you should you should be able to just brush it off you need to be able to just brush it off because you're going to get criticism mm. yeah it's in, it's it's uh, interesting what you say there about uh, over overachieving really and Neil I'm going to come to you with this you you were one who was grounded as you say and you know you you, you don't think that we'll win the league this year because of hiccups that we've just had but haven't been on that um really good run and being top of the league for a while and whatever do you think just people have just got do you not think we're ahead of where we're supposed to be at this stage by now and we should just kind of dig in you know you sort of have to if you're going to allow a goalkeeper to grow you have to let him make mistakes and by the very nature of position his position if he if he does make the odd clanger it is going to probably cost you points you know, should we not just be mature enough to fucking deal with this? Well, well, first of all, my main issue with it is only one goalkeeper in the match yesterday made a goalkeeping error, and it wasn't fucking our goalkeeper. And nobody's talking about <laughs> that for a start. But yeah, I think I think the problem is it's a complete, it's like a schizophrenic bipolar approach to everything. It's either we're yep. really fucking fantastic or we're really fucking shit, and it's like. The same people who were saying this was a, this is a three year project or whatever are the same people who are saying we're going we're going to win the league this year. No bother up the Reds, all this stuff. And then when it, there's a bad result, they're all like, "Oh, it's it's just a project. It's a project." Or they're all flipping out or whatever. It's what is it? Just decide, be consistent. This is the argument I always have is people are like, "Oh, you're being miserable or whatever." But my stance has never changed. My stance has always been, "There's going to be ups and downs." We're probably not going to win the league. Anything more than fourth is a bonus. If if Carius costs us a point or two points and we don't win the league, but we come second, is that really a bad thing? That's a good season. That's a good yeah, season, and we've got Carius. Like I was saying to you guys earlier, Mignolet came to us as a Premier League goalkeeper at the age of twenty-five and has three seasons of absolute garbage. And then uh, in regress, he started off well enough and then regressed. Carius has came to us, new league, new country, all that stuff. And I don't buy the him being at Manchester City. That's, you think that's not the same thing. Yeah, he was a kid. Yeah, not the same thing at all. And he's came here, he's 23. He's up there. He's one of the top five young goalkeepers in the world in terms of prospect. He came second to only Neuer, who is the best goalkeeper in the world in the Bundesliga last year. And that's everybody was ranting and raving, and he was fantastic. So, if anybody's going to come along and say that he's not good enough, or we were stupid to buy him, or after twelve games and he's made what two goalkeeping errors or something like that, that we should drop him? I think it's it's a farce. It's ridiculous. Who else would we have gotten? Like somebody else said in our WhatsApp group earlier that we should have just went and spent twenty or twenty five million and got somebody else. Who would we have gotten for twenty or twenty five million? Who has? The potential of what Karras could be, like you, do you want to go and get a really established goalkeeper who's made mistakes in the past? But then, aren't you just back to the well? They made mistakes. Let's get some. Let's get somebody else. And there's no goalkeeper out there that hasn't made mistakes. I think David de Gea has always been brought up as the one example of this. He came to Man United, and they were calling for his head after 10, 15, 20 games first season. 
Tell is awful. Now he's their best player. <laughs> the Real Madrid fax machine is now United saviour for three years in a row now because he stayed there. Like I just say, it's the schizophrenic approach that annoys me. It's that he every goalkeeper's going to make a mistake. Goalkeepers make mistakes. And yesterday, yeah, he could have been further over. But then again, as I was saying to you earlier, if it had gone in the other side and he had been further over there, and he, everyone would have been saying, well, why did you take another step that way? Like, yeah. We can't predict what it's going to be. Sometimes goals just go in. And just because a goal goes in doesn't mean it's a goalkeeping error. And that's that's, yeah. that's where I get stuck on. Like, Mignolet, I posted a, a video yesterday into our WhatsApp group of all the mistakes and everything that Mignolet's made over the years. And he hasn't got half the abuse that Karras has got in the last 48 hours. Do you know what I mean? I think it's bizarre, though. I think I think the, the crux of it is that because people have got so... And I need to say this again to all those people with such short memories who are calling for Mignolet to come back. You were desperate to change him. We were all desperate to change him. The goalkeeper was the number one priority for a signing. Everybody said it before the season. So... To be calling for Mignolet to come back in now, for me, it just doesn't make any sense. But They're calling I for think, Mignolet because there's no other option, though, is But there? I think that Carrius is getting abuse. And the level of abuse, as, as Neil mentioned, is because everybody was nailed on that he was going to be our saviour. Everyone was like, yeah, we've got rid of Mignolet now. Carrius is coming in. He's the one. He's going to be perfect from the, you know, he's just going to suddenly be a rock. When nobody ever said that, as, you know what I mean? Like nobody ever, pro- like it was never going to be that. And I know. If you and thought that, you were deluded, like. Of course you were, because it's never like that. Even if you sign one of, you know, the best players in the world, they can still be a settling in period. They're still going to make mistakes here and there. We mentioned Suarez earlier. There are countless others. I mean, Burkamp, he didn't have a great first season when he arrived at Arsenal, you know. David again made a mistake against West Ham last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edwin Van der Sar was let go by Juventus, you know, as a as a field as a field prospect, you know. So, and he went on to become you know United second Schmeichel. So I I just think I I, I agree. Dave, were you on this? Um, go on, have your say on on Laurie's carries. Fuck right. This is the way. Somebody oh, had I get, I get that. Do you care if he's fucking handsome or not? Makes him look stupider, I think. At least he's really lovely. No. Anyway, go on, Dave. Okay. First and foremost, during the Bournemouth game, Carragher makes the comment about how he hasn't been convinced by the goalkeeper all season. All 10 matches, all 900 minutes of his Liverpool career, he hasn't been convinced by him. But he was unbeaten. Now, the average... <laughs> Bearing in mind, well, average... yeah, we, we were unbeaten at that yeah. time. That, that, is, that is correct. That is correct. So the average football player touches the ball. Like, it's, I don't know, it's three minutes during a match. That's the average outfield player touches the ball. So let's consider how small a sample size we're actually judging this goalkeeper on. So he makes makes the comments. Then we have West Ham on Saturday. So the fact that the free kick itself, you can point to Lalana giving away the foul when he shouldn't. And to see if this is Lalana two years ago gives away that foul, he's getting fucking Dog's abuse. If it's Lucas, it's he's not. getting abused. Or Lucas, yeah, yeah, or Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, because Milan is now, in everybody's eyes, brilliant, which, to be fair, he is, it's not discussed. The wall doesn't do its job. Don't care what anybody says. As a West Ham player in the wall, we allow that to happen. We allow him to open up a gap. And then what we have is the best set-piece specialist in the Premier League taking a free kick from, if he wanted to take a free kick, that's probably exactly where he would put the ball on the pitch. So, yes, the goalkeeper maybe should take a step one way or the other. We don't know. Neil made the point that Pye can then go the other side, which he can. The other comment that was made by, can't remember, was it Tony Evans? Can't remember, I think it might have been on Twitter was, see if he does what um, 
what Lloris did at Old Trafford and just stands there and the ball goes in the bottom corner. It was a world-class free kick. Keeper was just spot. But the fact that he nearly saves it, we're abusing him. So for me, that's mental. But we're focusing on the goalkeeper, in my eyes, partly because of the comments Jamie Carragher made last week. Now, I've sat and listened to Gary Neville talk utter bullshit about Manchester United all season, defending Mourinho, defending their style of play, defending their results and their performances, and he's got away with that. So I would be thinking to myself, as a Liverpool fan, why can't Carragher do the same thing? Why can't he say and take the logical approach and the sensible approach and say it's only been 12 games? Now, Neil, you made a really good point earlier on about the likes of Bergkamp. And see, in my eyes, Firmino is another great example. Suarez is another great example. Henri is another great example. The list goes on of players who take at least six months to bear into this league because of all of the things that we've already talked about. And the other thing that for me, is just nuts, is that we're pointing fingers here, there, and everywhere. We're pointing fingers at the goalkeeping coach who no one's ever seen coach a coaching session. And I don't know who could have these specific intimate details about the goalkeeper coach to be able to blame him for goalkeepers not being good enough or not performing to a high enough level. But we're pointing fingers at the goalkeepers, we're pointing fingers at defence, but no one's pointing the finger at the manager. And ultimately, he's accountable for the goalkeeper coach being there. He's accountable for picking and buying the goalkeeper that he's currently playing. But for some reason, we don't talk about the manager. We're pointing fingers at easy targets who no one's going to have an argument with. So I just think that we need to take a step back here. We need to give this kid time to breathe and be able, we need to allow him to make mistakes, so to speak, to get him to the level that he needs to be, the same way every player does, the same way outfield players do. But because they're not in such an exposed position, it's not highlighted as much. you telling me Paul Pogba's going to be as shit as he's been for his next three or four years at Man United? There's no way. There's just no way. So, yeah, that's all I've got to say on the matter, to be honest. It really, it really has. It's upset me and it's annoyed me. <laughs> and I feel disappointed by a great deal of people. So, oh, David. Uh, <laughs> it's, really it's really sad that we act like this. These people are, they're, they're human beings and they are not infallible. None you know, of them are. You know what, Dave? I would even accept it if Karius had come in for the price of Paul Pogba. Then somebody might have a, maybe might have a point, but he came in yeah. for five million quid. Like, what the fuck? I know it's basic psychology that people <laughs> respond better to encouragement than they do to being berated. So let's try that instead of ruining another player like Harry Kuehl or the endless list of players that have come to Liverpool and have failed, Robbie Keane, etc., etc., etc. So let's try encouraging a player and see if that makes him better because it fucking clearly doesn't work when they stand on the sideline and in the, in the stand and give them abuse for 90 minutes at a time. Because abusing the worked out just... for two seasons, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, just on your um, Carragher and Neville comment, I I, I uh... Admit that Carragher's wording was a bit harsh. I don't think he should have said things like he should just shut up and, and do his job. You know, that's the kind of thing we say as fans. I think on the TV could have worded it a little bit differently, made his point, but been a bit more diplomatic. Uh, with regard to, to Gary Neville, I've always, and this is maybe a controversial opinion amongst LFC fans, found him to be a really fair pundit. I remember when Suarez um, bit Ivanovic, he was the only one who stuck up for him. And I remember that. And I really remember thinking, wow, you know, that's, that's a big deal. No one's, no one's saying anything nice about Suarez right now. And this guy comes in and, um, you know, like I said, in, in general, in general, I find him to be quite fair. If you think that he's, he sticks up for United, you know, that's probably just ingrained in him. Like it should be, like you said, for, for Jamie Carragher. We don't know, you know, Jamie Carragher's made a little bit differently. He likes to, to sort of say it quite bluntly as it is. And I think, yeah, possibly he could have, he could have kept it, you know, toned it down a little bit. But I think that people just, 
I mean, Carius, I think when he gave that interview, I personally, originally I thought it was a bit stroke of PR genius. I thought, well, because everyone was slagging him off and I thought, well, that's a really good idea. How to get your fans back on side is slate the mank, isn't it? And then everyone's going to love you. So I thought that was quite clever on his part. If that was the intention or if it was intentional or, or unintentional, we don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I, do, I do think, um, a little bit of, uh, you know, there's a bit been a, a bit of a too much of a backlash on this whole thing. Had Carriers just just been quiet and got on with it, it wouldn't have come to this point anyway. And now Klopp's involved, which makes it, I think, just just escalates the issue a bit more than it should have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 he said, she said, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, it's you know, it makes you know to to use a tire cliche, it makes a mountain out of a molehill, um, and and draws attention to something that really. Um, it isn't worth focusing on at all, I have to say. So I mean, we've kind of we've kind of had our say on on Carius, I would say. Uh, any anyone got anything to add? Absolutely not. <laughs> Case fucking closed. Oh, I, I do actually. Brad Jones. Oh, you just, do. Go ahead. Brad Jones just oh, won there. <laughs> the Dutch goalkeeper of the year. Did anybody see that? <laughs> Did he really? Just, just on the topic of goalkeepers, yeah. Fucking hell! Let's bring back back Brad Jones. Who would have thunk it? Like unbelievable. Who, who, would have, who would have thought a year on Brad Jones was the answer again? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just kicking us while we're down, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. You're rubbing our faces, isn't it? Like, and I actually, um, uh, Peter Galaxy is uh, Red Bull Leipzig's starting goalkeeper, and they're sitting top of the Bundesliga. <laughs> Maybe it is Ackerberg. <laughs> Dave, you've got it all wrong. Yeah, they've got it all wrong. It is Ackerberg. It clearly it is. Like these these no marks go on to make fucking great careers for themselves after they leave Liverpool. Like, uh, Galaxy got nowhere near our first team, but yep, yeah, he's the uh, the the keeper for the number one Bundesliga side this season. So there you go. Anyway, we sort of we'll run it on a little then to uh, to Middlesbrough um, at the uh, the Riverside on on Wednesday night. Notoriously difficult ground for us to go to. I think I'm right in saying we haven't won there since 2002. Um, we generally have a shit time of it there, and they're they're pretty stubborn. Given our situation at the moment, it's looking like Sturridge is probably still not going to be fit for for Wednesday night. Coutinho obviously isn't going to be fit. We're not sure on Emre Chan. Um, how do you see this one going? Uh, let's start with Umar on this. I don't know, but we need to bloody win. That's all I know. Um, I don't know, but it could be a tricky one, this one, uh, Middlesbrough. Don't ask me why. I just have this, this doubt has set in, set in. <laughs> this is what's happened with the last two matches. Yeah. Uh, we, that we now suddenly we're thinking, hang on, this is not as easy as it seems. And now it's Middlesbrough, who we should probably have been, be beating quite easily, but now we're not so sure anymore. So it all just, um, you know, it, it it just throws everything into doubt now, which is, is not a nice place to be. Um, yep. Yeah, we've got a couple of injury concerns. I think Chan is probably still going to be out from what I could tell from Klopp. Much to Neil Devlin's delight, it might be possible that Lovren might not be not playing as well. And, and the chief. <laughs> not the only Neil uh, Result, eh? <laughs> you didn't get your three points, but you got your Lovren injury. You are so a you winner. Are happy. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, you know, you've got, um, wonderful replacements, you know, ready made waiting. So uh, let's see how that goes. But, um, yeah, we, we need to win. There's just no two ways about it. We need to, we needed to win yesterday and we didn't. And we need to win on Wednesday now. And I don't care how we do it. So if you guys want to predict your scores and tell me who's good at Middlesbrough or not. Well, Negredo is one that worries me, but we'll have to. Just, just when you mentioned Negredo, here's a serendipitous link up. Do you remember the last time that we faced Negredo and what happened? What, against City? Oh, yeah. the Mignolet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the hand and it went in. Okay. Talking yeah, about yeah. goalkeeping errors. <laughs> oh, God, that would be... That's not good, How is fitting it? is that? But let's all bring Mignolet in for the next game. And, try and you know what? That might actually happen because it, we've got a couple of... We've got a lot of games coming up back to back you might possibly see Mignolet coming in just for like like I was saying earlier rotation purposes but just for lols I don't know that would be that would be lols wouldn't it yeah <laughs> yeah bring him in against Middlesbrough let him palm in another one from the Grado and then drop him forever no, <laughs> drop, drop uh, no. The mic. let's just give him a game each 
Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, the end of the season and see I who gets s- up the most points. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to say, I think we called it right earlier. I don't see, I don't see Klopp changing. Uh, I really don't. I see him definitely back in Carrius now. I think he has to the way, the way, as you say, that the war of words has kind of been escalating and so on. To to take him out of the firing line now would be. Yeah, unless he really has to, I don't think he's going to do it. Like, um, so Neil, how do you see this one? We've got, yeah, we've one point from the last six. We all predicted two wins probably from those two games. Tough away, away game under the lights. How do you see it going, man? Because it's tough, we'll probably win. We'll probably spank them just because we're at the minute we're thinking we're not going to win. Isn't that the way we go? <laughs> if we think we're going to win, we don't win. And then when we're sitting threatened, it usually goes our way. Middlesbrough are a tough one. They've they've been really good in in patches. Uh, they've held a couple of good good teams at home, haven't they? I think. I think yeah, they have. They have they're, they're decent. I mean, they only just uh, lost against Chelsea, and I think they drew with with City. And they're they're tough to break down. You know, they're they're fucking dull to watch, like. But they're they're tough to break they down. Don't, uh, they don't do much in the attacking sense. But then no team really has to do much in the attacking sense against us to get a goal. Well, I was going to say they might just do what Bournemouth did, Bournemouth did and target the weak link, Carrius. <laughs> Which weak link? Lovren's not playing. Yeah. Well, they said they said we were told to target Carrius. I don't know if you saw the interview afterwards. Uh, yeah. yeah. Have you not, have you not noticed they that every that. week every week is a new weakness that's being targeted? Sure, Bournemouth were targeting Milner, weren't they? It's it's every week whoever we're talking about. Oh, we were tar- we were targeting them. We knew we we knew that that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it was all a plan. We didn't just get lucky. Um, you know, it, it, Milner, though, is a funny one. I mean, uh, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but the fullbacks in general, I mean, I'm going to bring this back to just our last few performances and the, the type of, um, you know, performances we're coming up against in, in terms of teams sitting back. And when that happens, when you do dominate possession and you do have a team that's just sitting back against you, your fullbacks, and I had this conversation with within our group the other day, your fullbacks almost become your most important players because they're the ones that are getting around the back and they're the ones that have to provide real quality. Milner had a ridiculous stat of something like he'd had 26 unsuccessful crosses in a row in the previous two games and he fucking struggled to complete a cross at the weekend there. I mean, do you think that's something we're actually... Uh, this is obviously a tangent, but do you think that's something we're going to have to look at, really? Because, yeah, Milner's been fine there, whatever, and, and you know, Klein's a steady Eddie, as everyone calls it, but neither of them has that real quality when it comes to getting in behind and providing that final ball. Is that something we're going to have to look at, or, or am I being overly harsh? Well, it's what we said last time, uh, me, you and Dave were on, we were saying, these games, are they're made for Moreno. That's what he does yeah. best. We're not having it to defend. Even... Against West Ham, we weren't really having to defend. When was the last time we had to defend anything? We said all everybody's goals seem to come from us just generally fucking up. It's not pressure. There's yeah. no sustained pressure goals, or anything. Yeah. yeah, there's nobody. There's nobody beating our our fullback down the byline, getting the ball in the box, and they're scoring. That's not happening. So if if at the minute we're not using the fullbacks to go forward, we're not using them going back. So what are they really doing? And I think. Was it thirteen percent cross completion rate or something from yeah, Milner yesterday? It was, wo- it was, it was woeful. I mean, terrible. and he just kept putting them in cross that's what, after cross. That's after what worried cross. me. That's the thing that worries me is the fact that we ran out of ideas yesterday. It's that we just resorted to crossing the ball. When have we ever <laughs> been prolific in that? Like we, Origi, he's a big lad, but I wouldn't say he's a towering striker who scores a lot of headers or anything. He's he's more or less known for his quick feet. And we were just bombing them in there, and it was going in and getting pinged back out. And then, don't get me started on what is with the corner to the front post? It doesn't go anywhere. Corners were shit yesterday, weren't oh, they? Yeah. So but they're, they're going for that. They're clearly Do we not going. talk about it. They're clearly going for <laughs> yes, that. Yes, let's talk about it. They're going for that near post corner. And, God, and can to, we have Coutinho back quick? He takes our good corners and then we were does, missing him. That's does. the reason that we were running out of ideas today. Although, to be fair to We them, were missing him. We, I didn't realise he was going to be this much of a miss. I know when he had, when he became injured, think, you they know, were I think asking. It, it's doubled up, Ooms, because, yeah. because, um, him, because when he plays, Firmino is, is a much better player as well. Yeah, he's like a shadow of himself in the last yeah. couple of games. But I mean, he had was, a knock, like, but. 
But the but whole yeah, promise was that this system was to mean that no one player was more important, and if you take a player out, we'd be fine. Yeah, that's, a that's clearly not working. <laughs> it's so, not, no. It because the sort of the sort of fluidity that like sort of interplay that that was that quick sort of one touch before is stopped now. No, Origi not. doesn't really fit that sort of kind of yeah, play, they, and they, then you've got Firmino who's really not in his with position. Them, they? They're not used to him yet, are they? I mean, there were a couple of times he tried like uh, first time balls and stuff at the at the weekend there, and like the anticipation wasn't there from from Mane or from whoever was around him, and he's doing his job and scoring his goals. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, he doesn't have that. They they're just not used to. To playing with each other in the same way that they are with Coutinho and Coutinho and Firmino and Mane, they just link so well. Yeah, but I think it has it's just been interesting to see the same since the past four or five weeks. He's not <laughs> like I'm not get I'm not really getting at him as like he's he was phenomenal in the first part of the season. But people had said in around December January, this is when he starts to fall off, and that to me that's what's happening that's only what I'm seeing in front of me it's not an agenda or anything it just seems to be that he's fallen off and whether Firmino was Mane. Of, yeah Mane and then Firmino as well whether he's out of position or not he was completely anonymous yesterday yeah he was poor he was poor he was poor on the ball and you I know, remember he, he wasn't great last season really or last week sorry yeah I, he was carrying an injury he got injured didn't he in the Leeds game and then he was out and then he, he's only he's only been back now. That, that, that was the second game back. So he, he doesn't whether it's a bit of the injury and the change of position and the different personnel and whatever. It's it's just not. Um, the squad not working not for. That's the problem. Too. Not, we, we discussed uh, this yesterday. It's you looked at our bench yesterday. Even if Klopp wanted to bring somebody on to change it, there was nobody there. And I said it on Twitter, and it's tongue in cheek as well. But like that, the making the profit in the in August really looks daft right now because we don't have the players and people say oh well we had Sturridge but he's out injured and this player's out injured but we're kind of taking that 13-14 approach or the Leicester approach where you're praying that your your team don't get injured and it's a prayer basically that you get through the whole season if you get through the whole season it'll be fine and your your starting 11 is great but 99 times out of 100 that's not going to happen and then yeah. it's, it's going to get shown up like you look at United, for example, they've got players in there that aren't doing well, but they've got other players that now come in and they can hit their stride because there's always competition. There's always somebody else to bring in. I know United aren't pulling up any sticks or anything at the minute, like, but they're they're starting to hit a stride and we're starting to fall off, and that's mm. that's worrying because. But we've had three uh, sort of injuries up front. All together, really, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's thrown us off. And we've got Ings. I mean, we know we've forgotten about Ings, haven't we? I know that he's not a first team player, but he could have been an option. Sturridge and Coutinho all out. And Ojo time. as well. And you, yeah, and you've got Mane going away as well. So that's worrying. Yeah, I mean, it, it highlights, doesn't it, Dave? Um, the bench the other day, Neil mentioned it. And I know we mentioned it when we were, we were uh, out watching the game. It was light, wasn't it? It, it? it really, you know, that was kind of highlighting that we're going to need to make some sign-ins in January, aren't we? That was featherweight, wasn't it? It really yeah. was. You know, you have the three teenagers there. Woodburn's um, great, but he's for the future. He's not now. Yeah. You can't pin your hopes. Fucking ten, like, you know. Yeah. You can't be relying on him to play. You know, like, imagine throwing him out against those big lads. You know? Like what? that kid, that kid could not have fully developed physically yet. There's just no way he will still grow. I still find it pubes that one. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You need to allow him to reach his physical peak without without getting knocks and injuries and and things that will prevent him from getting to that stage. That's the basic common knowledge. So you know, there's a time and a place for him to get his experience, like against Spurs, um, who were. Practically playing a second string, but we're all nice, happy ball players. You know that wasn't it. Um, and then you've got you've got Moreno, who and uh, to be honest, guys, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. Um, I think Moreno's better when we are breaking quickly with his pace because he's as aimless as anybody putting the ball into the penalty area. Um, but seeing saying that, it's. It's hard to cross the ball to somebody when there's like 16 bodies in the box. It really is hard to pick somebody out. 
Yeah, you know, but we should stop doing it. Like, we just play, play well, the we, one two. We should stop going back on our left, back on our right, back on our left, back on our right, and then looking up and seeing that there's 16 people in the box. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, and you know what? This this is where we this is where we miss Coutinho, and this is where we've missed Lalana being able to move the ball quickly through the faces yeah. of the pitch, and been able to instead of just trying to drill the ball across the penalty area, they can pick a pass and they can go again and they can create the space with the ability to beat a man. Sturridge exactly. as well. He's brilliant at that on the edge of the box. Those little, you know, giving goes and making the space and getting the shot away. Absolutely. But, but he's but, lazy though. <laughs> Daniel Sturridge hasn't been fit and available for any consistent length of time in two and a half years. I know he it's fucking annoying that he's injured at the moment. Like we could really do with him. Like God, we really needed him. Now, he's just not we? reliable. Whether it's anything to you do with what? him or otherwise, it's. it's Painfully obvious that he's not reliable and can't be relied upon. So the club, it's club negligence that we've allowed it to the stage where we're still saying, "Oh well, Sturridge is out. It'll get better when Sturridge comes back." He need he need to get somebody else in. And that doesn't mean that I want to sell Sturridge and I think that he's rubbish. It's just you can't base your season around him being fit because he just never is. This is the first injury he's had in ten months. But it's but the wrong not, time. The That's last the point. one he had, it was in February, and then it wasn't used. And then when we needed him, he gets injured. That's just the funny part of it. Yeah, that's the problem, though. It is when we when we he couldn't get in the team earlier in the season because we had an abundance of fucking riches in those positions. And the second we actually need him because we have a couple of injuries, oh, guess what? He's injured. And I know it's I'm not actually getting at him because I've been, I've been I'm a, a big Daniel Sturridge fan and I'm a staunch sort of supporter of his and I do find that you know people have been unfair to him in the past and the things I've said but it's fucking irritating like isn't it? It is he's yeah. He's not conversation anymore. He's not he's not available at any point where we need him. Yeah. And it's just it's absolutely typical that he's injured at this stage of the season. And that's when not we, to say it's his fault either. Nobody's saying no, it's his it's fault. Just, it's just it's the fact just, of the matter. It's just shit luck. Yeah. Yeah. Scud. Daniel Scudage. But see, regardless of the injuries we had, regardless of Coutinho's injury, regardless of you know Mane going off the boil or going or going away, we knew he, we were going to need him at, at any point over the season, over the Christmas period. We get that many games, and you do need to rotate the squad, and you do need to keep players fresh. And you know, as soon as we're about to move into that phase of the season, he can't be relied on. So there's absolutely no point at any time throughout any season moving forward having a conversation about Daniel Stern. Because <laughs> so, that, so that's that. No, fair enough. I, I'm with you on that. No, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, man. It, 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 it is thoroughly typical. So let's swing it back around to where we, where we initially started on this section and, and Middlesbrough. Dave, you, you haven't had your say on this, man. How do you see this going? And uh, yeah, how much do we need to win it? <laughs> yeah, we do need to win, don't we? Um, <laughs> see and say, and I, I still think we're, I still think we're, we're, we're placed nicely. You know, we're six points off the top for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. I don't know why everybody's panicking. People who were saying we we're going to win the league are now saying title challenge over. Um, that's why they that's they're saying that because they got carried away in the first place. Yeah, but then this was this is what happens. This is the knee jerk reaction. We're six points off the top. That's all. It's two wins. Chelsea will drop points. What we need to yep. do is is get over this blip and make sure that all it is is a blip rather than a Crystal Palace esque blip, which has been going on for the guts of twelve months now. So if we can get out of this, the same blip every team will have or has already had throughout the season, and we can get back into the stride that we're in, we'll be okay. We just need to stick with them. Chelsea um, are a Costa injury away from a mini yeah. crisis of their own, so it's, anything could happen. And if if, if he got injured, no. they'd be suffering or a as well. So. Fingernail. Yeah, Aguero out for four games. City didn't cope very well without him at the weekend, so you know they've struggled already. Spurs look toothless, you know, and as you've rightly said, Chelsea, uh, from what I've seen, are, are over-reliant on Costa, you know. Um, without him, they don't beat Manchester City. That's clear in my eyes. 
Um, he gets the goal at the weekend, and I'd like to see what the numbers are like for for him in in terms of the percentage of goals and assists he's contributing to their overall output. Because I'd say it would be around a fifty percent mark. So, for a decent side, they they don't score a lot of goals. That's for sure. You know, so we might only concede one. Um, <laughs> but, but there's no clean sheet for you this week, then, man. No, well, no, no. <laughs> Giving up on that? Not unless Man starts. No, not not <laughs> not for a while. Um, and and they're they're tough to break down. You know, they're they're renowned. They've been renowned. They're renowned for it. The championship. They won. They won so many games. One nil last season yeah. when they were coming up. So that's their game. That's the way Karanka likes to play. And, and they've got quite good at it. So if we can avoid just aimlessly crossing the ball into the box for 90 minutes so we can get a couple of goals, then I'm optimistic. But yeah, um, we, we need to, we need, we need to, we need to man up now and we need to, we need to perform over, over 90 minutes instead of in fits and starts throughout a game. Um, and show that everybody's up for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we need a convincing performance, don't we? I mean, it's it looked like it was going to be that yesterday um, or Sunday from the first ten minutes, anyway, and it, it fizzled out rather rather annoyingly. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put these on the spot. Of course, you know, have to do it. Like so, I'm gonna come to you for predictions. So Neil, how do you think we're gonna do against Borough? Uh, one nil. Clean sheet. Just to, to us. Yeah. Just a pissed You. Nice. Right, so a carry, big carrier's clean sheet. No, no, manually. 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 Of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading in the tea leaves. Manually's coming out. I mean, who would have, we, we've been crying out for a keeper like Manually for years, clearly. <laughs> carrier's has got catching practice on Wednesday night. So I think what no, you meant to say was been... we've been crying about it, <laughs> keeper. Yeah. yeah, that was years. it, yeah. It got lost somewhere along there. <laughs> Okay, so one nil, nice. I'd settle for it. Like a uh, win's a win, and you know we've, as we've said, we bloody need it. Like so, Imara, you gonna weigh in with a with a wee prediction? Who knows with Liverpool what's gonna happen? Let's take a brave man or a woman to predict this game. Um, so I'm just gonna pluck some numbers out of the air and say yeah, two just one like to Liverpool. Yeah, it's the lottery. Yeah, yeah, just two yeah. one Liverpool. <laughs> We'll uh, settle for that as well. I would love a lack of 5-0 or something. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? It would be lovely just to hit hit stride. Just just to to shut everyone up and just get a bit of confidence back. Absolutely. Harry's fist pumping at the end. Then all the bipolar people will come back and say, oh, we're fucking brilliant again. Harry's to save three penalties and just fucking knee slide in front of Gary Neville at the end. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a la Adebayor like you know <laughs> really go for it uh, yeah but I think we're I think we're probably dreaming about that one so how about you Dave are you going to bring us back down to earth what, what do you see happening here um, um, I'll, in case in case anybody doesn't know my my um, luck at, at the bookmakers this year has been absolutely horrible so please if anybody's listening do not follow anything I'm about to say with any kind of currency. It's all right. No one does anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. So we'll say we'll say two one. So, two it, one. Sounds, it sounds like you do need currency, though, from what you're saying. It very much is. <laughs> Who doesn't, man? Who doesn't? Fucking hell. Anyway, okay. So two one. So we're all we're all predicting a win, and I think yeah, that that's no great surprise. More hope than anything else. Yeah, more in hope than expectation. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a tough place for us to go. Obviously, on paper, you'd say it's a Liverpool victory, and I'm a, a low to back against us. So I'm going to go for I'm going to go for two 0 because I think um, they are pretty weak going forward, and, and we're going to try our best to to keep a clean sheet after you know after shipping the goals we have in the in the last couple of games. Well, are you so suggesting I'm, we don't try to keep clean sheets? Is that what you're suggesting? Oh well, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not suggesting Disgusting. that. I'm, obviously, <laughs> obviously, we try, but you know how some teams sometimes there's a game, and the team just is like, "Fuck, we just have to not concede. Whatever happens, we're just not conceding." And I think that's gonna be gonna be us uh, on Wednesday night. I hope I'm right because if you don't concede, you've got 
every chance of, of going home with three points and that would just be a, a nice wee gift in, in the run up to the Merseyside Derby. So, um, yeah, just before we wrap up then, anyone got any other, any other points of business, any other comments they want to make? Uh, just one point. I still haven't worked out what Ronaldo does. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, just want to take a poll. Does anybody know what he's doing? Did he frustrate I, you as much as he frustrated me? Yesterday. What he does is he he doesn't labour on the ball like Emre Can because he, he does yeah. this quick one touch passing That's movement. It. You don't realise what he does because he does it so well and he does it yeah, so quickly. Exactly. So shut up. I realise <laughs> I realise what he does in the box when he gets the ball <laughs> and he turns like a fucking forty foot lorry and goes nowhere. What is that? <laughs> he did it three times. Yeah, he's so no, good at what he does, you don't get it. That's what I read him though, I have to say. Right. I, I think he moves it moves the ball really he's really yeah. intelligent as well and just without being massively skillful or, or silky, he just uses his brain so well to do the simple things that he makes a lot of space. He, yeah, I know he does all those things, but I'm not I just don't get what he's bringing to us and the system right now. That's my issue. Bring, he's bringing quick, slick movement. What else do you That's want? That's it. Yeah, I suppose it's one of those ones. To what? To the You probably notice it more. I noticed it in, in the beginning of the match when we had some really nice, in the beginning, um, kind of good sort of fluid play up front, and you notice it straight away. Whereas I feel like Emre Chan does hold on to the ball a bit much. Yeah, he's a different different type of player. I mean, he's yeah, got a, he brings know, different things. Not not a criticism exactly. of him. Yeah, but um, but you're absolutely got... right. Yeah, he doesn't move yeah. it on like uh, like Wijnaldum does. Don't want to upset people. I mean, I don't think Wijnaldum ever takes more than two touches. Like, I mean, he's just boom boom all the time. Just here, here's an idea. Why don't we play him in the Coutinho role when Coutinho is like not to see there? That. Because that's I'd like was just that. replayed in in Holmes. That might that might be an idea, you know. That might, I did not I try that. Did he not try that against Spurs in the in the in the cup? Because I thought he started high up the pitch on the left hand side against Spurs, and he I was, he was in the front three against Spurs. Yeah, and, and I, I'd, like, I'd thought, like to see it with with the first team around him, and not a bunch of kids. Yeah, but he nearly yeah, scored as well, and he played well. I thought that was the, the, the test run, so to speak, and we were going to see that, particularly with Coutinho being out, um, or maybe in preparation for Mane going away. So, yeah, yeah I, would, I was going to say, when Mane that. goes, when we've got no players left, maybe he could do that. And when Chan's back, Chan can slot in in midfield. Back when we make a profit in January, yeah. No, I think, I think actually we'll, we'll, we'll sign in January. I mean, I think clubs made noises about it already, and I think, um, Sacco was the wrong defender to fall out with. If you were going to fall out with one of your centre backs, it should have been Lovren. <laughs> I thought so, uh, I thought the hood was nailed on, but now, you, now we're hearing that he, he's not being looked at anymore, and that worries me. Why is somebody in where who we really really wanted in August in January we're not looking at anymore? What? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you never you never know though. That that might just be like I'm throwing hoping, it off I'm the hoping it's something to bring down the price or something. I really yeah. do. I hope because there's a lot of examples of us. <laughs> Throughout the years, cutting our nose off to spider face in January. Erickson, Alderweireld. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's probably yeah. going to be the same with Van Dyke. He's available. We could probably get him for twenty-five million, but we'll not do it. Yeah, we should. We should. We should definitely either get him or Ta. Or you know, we really need, really need a starting centre back. But anywho, I suppose on that note, unless anyone's got anything else, we'll, we'll wrap this up. So, any last business? I don't think anybody wants to hear from me anymore. <laughs> Everyone's had their fill. Right, okay, that's that's been great. Thank you very much, guys, for uh, for joining me this evening. And thanks to the listeners, of course, for, for bearing with us. Um, so any anything to plug, Umara? Not really, no. Just um, get on, on to Cop Left and listen to some of our pods. Nice, simple, to the point. I like it. Yep, Cop Left, Copcast. Get on it. Dave, anything? Um, just a plug. Uh, our Carly was on the pink last was night. It? Nice one. She was. Yep. Um, she's had an early arm with the boys from the Anfield Rap, so you can pop along and listen to that if you're on. Dead on. Dead on. Nice work, Carly. I'll have to listen to that myself. And how about you, Neil? You up to anything at the moment? Uh, just causing grief in the WhatsApp group. 
If anybody wants, <laughs> anybody wants, wants access yeah. to that, that's entertainment if you want that. Gosh, you could be a fly on the wall, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. All, all you have to do is subscribe at uh, level three. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> we should tweet screenshots of that on the yeah. board. Security <laughs> clearance, man. Uh, anyway, you can uh, yeah, you can catch me um, at Neil nineteen eighty on Twitter. Definitely check out uh, Cop Left. Definitely listen to Copcast. If you haven't been listening, go back and listen to them all. They're great. World Football Index as well, a fantastic site. And you can also hear me on the Anfield Index Writers Pod, which came out last week. And that's been us for this week. Uh, another frustrating draw, more points dropped, but Borough on Wednesday, and it's time for three more. Let's go. Yeah.